to a new episode of Land Grant Holy Lands Stick to Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Tamanini, and as always, I am joined by the one and only Tia Johnston. Another weekend, unfortunately, not another game for the Ohio State Buckeyes, Tia. Obviously, there are much bigger and more important things going on in the world that necessitated games to be canceled throughout the season. But for us as fans, selfish as we are, it's a bit annoying. It is a bit annoying, but it's to be expected. Like, I never thought that we were going to get through this season without a cancellation. Yeah, absolutely. Like, it's one of those things where because of the way that the Big Ten set up their season, we knew this was going to be a really tight rope to walk and that eventually it was going to come crashing down for somebody. Unfortunately, the Buckeyes seem to be one of the teams that it is coming crashing down for, hopefully, Uh, This week, they can get the ship righted. It sounds like we're recording on Tuesday. It sounds like things are actually moving in the right direction for the Buckeyes to be able to play against Michigan State um, this weekend. We'll see what happens. There's still a lot of days between now and Saturday, and a lot of things can go wrong uh, between now and then. But hopefully the most important thing is that everybody who is having to deal with a positive coronavirus test is is getting healthy, is staying safe, is staying isolated, whether it's Ryan Day, any of the players, we still don't know who they are. I doubt that we ever really will, Tia. Um, but for, you know, it sounds like there's at least double-digit people in the program. That includes coaches, staff, and players um, that have tested positive, so we wish them the best. But again, as fans... Um, we don't care about anybody but ourselves. <laughs> it is our duty to only care about things that directly impact us and in a very narrow window. Yeah, I think that you need to say all that louder for the people in the back because this has <laughs> exposed some Ohio State fans. Actually, I'm sure that this is a thing across all college football fan bases, but the yeah. the overwhelming opinion is like if football isn't being played that is all that matters like they don't people don't seem to care about these kids who are literally sick with a virus like that is the last thing on their minds yeah and it's not the only thing that is annoying fans and we're going to get to some of those other things here in a minute but don't forget on stick to sports we talk about the things around the periphery of the ohio state athletic program which is why we're talking about this as well as the things that keep us distracted and entertained in between games so tia this is not i mean it is kind of related to uh coronavirus because uh of of how we got to the situation but i wanted to talk about the responses that we got to an article um that I wrote last week. I yeah. guess it must have been the twenty sixth on Friday. Yeah, because that's when we found out that um, Ryan Day had been uh, diagnosed with the coronavirus, and that Larry Johnson um, would be taking over for uh, for him on an interim basis. Now, this is not something that I had even thought of, and I'm kind of um, uh, uh, disappointed in myself that I didn't, because a couple weeks before that, I actually wrote an article about who should take over for Ryan Day should. Uh, he have to miss games. I said my personal sentimental favorite in that article was Larry Johnson. I kind of assumed that they would make it Kevin Wilson because he is the one who actually has Division One head coaching experience right. already. But I'm glad that Larry Johnson, who is the associate head coach, was the one they chose. My article on Friday um, took the lead from uh, 11 Warriors' Colin Hass-Hill, who noted that Larry Johnson, should he ever coach a game for Ohio State, which he might against Michigan State if they play this weekend, he would become the first ever black head coach in Ohio State football history. And I thought that that was 
incredibly historic and important to mention yeah. and to celebrate, not only on its own, but especially this year, Tia. Like, with everything that happened um, over the summer with the the riots and the protests and, and everything that we kind of went through during this dual pandemic of addressing um, systemic and individual and personal racism, as well as dealing with the coronavirus, I thought that was something that was worth noting. It also kind of tied into the fact that... Um, Ohio State started using that Block O jersey this year to commemorate Bill Willis, who was the an Ohio State uh, player, All-American, won a national championship, and then went on to break the, the color barrier in modern professional football. I thought all of those things happening in one year, this was important. And my article was pretty straightforward, I thought. I just kind of said, like, it's not the most important thing on Larry Johnson's mind. I'm sure he's trying to figure out what he's going to do. But I hope at some point during the game, like, he just takes a moment to recognize how big of a deal yeah. that is that the most visible figure um, during a football game for perhaps the most powerful brand in all of college sports um, is a black man. And I think that's a big deal. And, you know, I think anybody who follows me on Twitter, first off, why? I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but secondly, like, you know, I, I've got my own political uh, feelings that I'm not shy to share. But on Land Grant, we don't really I mean, we do that when we have to. And some of our articles will dip into that. But for the most part, we try to keep it about football with a little bit of sarcasm. And we'll touch on some outside issues when we have to. But I didn't think that this was a controversial article, Tia. Did you? I don't know if I can't remember if you edited it before it went up or not. But like, I didn't think that anything I wrote in there was going to cause people to send me hate mail. No. And I, like you said, we don't like to get political on land grant, but there are some issues that I am totally fine with us like taking a stance on and, you know, systemic racism and Black Lives Matter is one of them. And if you are against one of those things, I don't really care. Like, I don't need your view <laughs> like you know what i mean yeah, so we don't we don't need the clicks this that article, bad. yeah we don't right, need the clicks that bad this article should have been just a celebrated victory for ohio state not to mention the man is honestly the best one for the job race or not in my opinion yeah. so that's like yeah. out of the question about that so no i i was not expecting the feedback that you got that you said you were getting specifically in your inbox. Yeah, I'm going to read some of those here in a second, but I do want to 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 note that a lot of the feedback was very good. Um, it was one of the highest um, read articles that I've had in a while. I don't keep up super close on the stats anymore since I'm not in charge anymore and you and Gene are, um, but it did really well. A lot of people read it. Um, I even got a, a, a DM from one Jay Paterno, um, who you might recognize that last name. He is the uh, son of former Penn State head football coach, yeah. Joe Paterno, who actually hired Larry Johnson for his first college coaching gig back in 1996. So, um, you know, a lot of people read it. I appreciate that. But I did get some emails, and I'm just going to read you some segments from some of these emails, Tia. Um, and and I've shared some of them in Slack because they made me laugh. But um, the first one... <coughs> <laughs> was there's there's no such thing as in quotes systemic racism you fool stop perpetuating the myth oh my God. i love the you fool yeah. part the you fool part of it is amazing <laughs> um then this one this one actually comes from somebody who claims to have graduated from the ohio state school of journalism oh, no. 
Um, which makes the first part of this in like 1981, I think he said, if I'm remembering that correctly. Let me look here. So uh, an old timer. It was it was I thought it was fairly appropriate that um, it says that he graduated. Let's see. Oh, in 1991. But it was when it was a B.S. In, uh, oh, okay. From the School of Journalism. I thought the B- the BS makes it uh, really important. <laughs> um, but it says, does the media, again, coming from a guy with a degree in journalism, does the media always need to make it about race? Because race is in, oh, in all Lord. caps. Make a better effort than that garbage. Thank you, sir. Oh, Glad to uh, share an alma mater with you. <laughs> and then and then the, this next guy says, um, nicely written article, but, and I always yep. love the but, what you are saying makes no sense. In order for someone to break a color barrier, there first must be a color barrier. Wait, oh, what? Oh, my like, Lanta. There's Ohio State has been playing football for like 130 years, and there's never been a black coach. I think that that means that there is yeah. a color barrier. It's not um, a coincidence. He, go, he goes on. It, <laughs> no, he goes on. In no way can you prove Ohio State has had a color barrier on having a black head coach. I think 130 years would beg to differ. Yeah. Just because there has not been one does not mean they had a barrier against having a co- black coach. I don't understand. I don't think this guy understands what a color barrier no. means. Uh, do you understand how you are creating racial divide by such comments? And here's the thing that I wanted to really comment on. I am not creating racial divide. Uh, I, I I am creating a divide between people who acknowledge racism and people who like to live in a world where they exactly. benefit from racism. Uh, I have no problem um, discussing race. I'm a white dude. So, like, you know, I benefit from I mean, I'm a straight white guy. So I benefit from every kind of privilege that that someone can benefit from in the United States. I am perfectly comfortable acknowledging that if you cannot acknowledge that white people, that men and that uh, that heterosexual people have inherent advantages in life you're lying to yourself. Yeah. Uh, that's all there is. Like, I, you know, I don't even think you said we don't like to talk about politics uh, on land grant all that much. That's true. But I don't consider this political. Like this is no. this is moral. And this is this is logical. This is ethical. If you can't look at Ohio State, one of the most important football programs in the country in its 130 whatever season, um, Never having a black coach and saying that that's just a coincidence that for 130 years a black man wasn't right for the job. That's that's ridiculous. And I understand that, you know, coaches at Ohio State tend to serve for a long time. So maybe there's, you know, there's only been 24, I think, head coaches in Ohio State history. But like, come on, man, don't don't, you know, piss on my leg and tell me it's it's raining like yeah. this is I, I it's it's as obvious as the nose on my face and it's just ridiculous that we are still dealing with these people on land grant holy like you're coming after me like who cares what i have to say i just <laughs> it's just it was frustrating and disappointing to you like we are so unimportant in the world that people thought it was worthwhile to comment on this article but here's the thing it would have been one thing to you if they left a comment in the comment section on the article but here's where i know that they know they're wrong and they know they're racist because they didn't do that. They didn't leave a comment publicly. They right. sent it privately via email. If they, were, if they were confident in the fact that they were right and that I was a fool and that I and this was all garbage and that there was no such thing as a color barrier, they would have stated these, these truths, their truths, 
publicly for other people to learn from. Instead, they sent them to me uh, via email. And let me tell you, looking through these emails that I got, not a single person signed their full yep. name. I got like first name with a last initial, um, no, no name at all, um, a couple of initials. No one signed their name. So that right there tells me exactly everything I need to know about what they think and what they're actually trying to accomplish. They don't actually believe these things um, other than as a way for them to uh, promulgate this falsehood that they live that allows them to feel comfortable about themselves. That's all there is. And if that's a problem for you, bye bye Yeah. So this is literally, it's just too per perfect not to segue into Sarah Fuller. Yeah. Absolutely. And I thought a lot about this when you sent over, like, you know, some talking points we were going to do today. And it's the exact, exact same situation where, so if, if you weren't aware, Sarah Fuller kicked for Vanderbilt over the weekend, becoming the first woman to ever play or at least take a snap for a Power 5 team. So... The response, like I had to take a Twitter hiatus. I was just getting heated reading these comments because I'm like, yeah. oh, this is incredible. Like, there's no way that people can say that it's not. And sure enough, I mean, white men were just infuriated by this, saying it was a PR stunt. I'm sitting here like... You have not paid attention to Vanderbilt football in your entire life, and all of a sudden you're mad that they got a woman to kick for them, and she got spe SEC Special Teams Player of the Week, and she did a halftime speech. I mean, seriously, it's just such a pathetic yeah. hill and to die on, but because it's, an, it's not a white man doing this thing, they're mad. And it's the same with Larry Johnson. It's like... Why can't you just let other people, like other genders and races, be represented in college football? I don't understand. And the funniest thing about it is these people who are saying that it's just a PR stunt, literally no other kicker traveled with Vanderbilt that week. They had three specialists. They had a punter, a kicker, and a holder, I don't know, a long snapper holder, whatever. Like they were so short staffed, which is why they had to go out and get somebody who had never played football before to kick for them. This was not a PR stunt. This was them like playing for their lives and their head coach got fired after the game because they're terrible. Yeah, exactly. Like this is, it's just like, wh why does this matter? Why does this bother you so much? And Alex Kirshner, who was my guest on In Conversation last week, ironically, he had a great Twitter thread about, why this bothers people so much. And it's just like, and like kind of debunking all of this because she quick to squid, uh, kicked a squib kick and people were talking about how she screwed it up. It was a shank. And he was like, why do you care? A and B? No, it wasn't. Everybody on her team on the line, everybody to the left of her, uh, on the line started running to the right before she kicked it because that was the plan. Like, and they couldn't even give her the fact that she executed a squib kick properly. Like who cares? Why does this bother I mean, you? And as a woman, like just seeing her play football it, and it's not about how well she did. I don't even care if she like went on to miss every single field goal she kicked. Like it's the fact that it happened. It's the fact that Vanderbilt not only had the idea 
to scout their women's soccer team for a, a kicker, but they acted on it and they still stand by it. Like the coach is still standing here saying, that's what I told her to do. We're proud of her. We're honored to have had her. She's still on the team. I'm pretty sure like she's playing again this Saturday. Yeah, the coach got fired. Yeah. The coach got fired. So who knows what the hell is going on? Well, that's on. true. Yeah. But just the people saying that there's like a double standard because, quote, she only got to start because she's a woman and whatever. Like you lack all critical thinking skills. Like you just you have none in your brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was I was super disappointed. I mean, Vanderbilt sucks so bad. They could not even get close enough for her to no. attempt a field goal. Uh, and they didn't score. They got beat like, uh, I don't know, 42 to nothing or something. They got blown or they got shut out um, by Mizzou. So, like, I was disappointed. Like, I kept flipping back to that game. I kept an eye on the game to see where the positioning was on the field. Maybe she'd get a chance. But Vanderbilt's terrible, which is why they put themselves in a situation to have to go out and get somebody who'd never played football before. To yeah. kick, but it's like I, I, that's my thing, Tia. Like, if you don't have the self awareness to recognize that things can be good for someone who isn't you, yeah. that's a you problem. Like, that's not a Sarah Fuller problem. That's not a Larry Johnson problem. That's not a me writing an article problem. I have plenty of problems on my own. <laughs> I completely admit that. But like, if you just can't be happy about somebody doing something that no one else has done before, literally ever, like, yeah. Who hurt you? Like, what is the problem here? It's, it's yeah, it's it goes deep into their self-esteem, I think. And that's just the end of it. That, that Yes, that is the beginning and the end of it, unfortunately. <laughs> so that was enough of our standing on proverbial soapboxes. That is enough. Um, but as Tia said, and since she is one of the people in charge of Langer and Holy Land, <laughs> if you don't like it hit bricks or kick <laughs> rocks or whatever they say. Um, anyway, but before we get out of this, I do want to talk about another um, listener reader type of feedback that I tangentially got this past weekend. It's actually something that um, I've kind of known about for a while, but it was just kind of made public this past weekend. So on Sunday, the wife of a very famous Ohio State fan, one John Legend, uh, decided that she was going to take a bubble bath at 6 a.m., as she does, because she's Chrissy Teigen and she can do whatever the hell she mm -hmm. wants, uh, probably before her kids were up. She decided to take a bubble bath and to do a little Instagram storying. And what she did was, is she mentioned that she was listening to her very favorite podcast. No, not Langrant Holy Land, Stick to Sports. I know that's <laughs> shocking. Um, but, the, but the one I mentioned a couple weeks ago, or last week, I don't remember when it was, a couple weeks ago, um, true crime obsessed, the one I work on, the, the one that I edit. So one, she had been, and we shared this on our, one of our Patreon episodes, like she'd been sending voice memos to our Instagram account for a couple weeks, like her and our hosts have been going back and forth and talking. And so that's really cool. She's a big fan. She's on our Patreon, which is very weird. <laughs> um, but you know, I said this when it, when she posted it, I was like, I, first off, I love Chrissy Teigen. I love John Legend, um, which apparently is another thing that's controversial these days oh for some gosh. reason. But whatever. Um, now I'm nervous, though. Yeah. Like, as I'm <laughs> editing episodes, like, I'm like, I'm sure, like, if I screwed something up, she probably wouldn't notice because, like, you don't notice when other people screw things up if you don't know what's there to begin with. But I'm still nervous because I know Chrissy Teigen listens. Uh, that's, a, that's a little, little, little nerve wracking. A little pressure. I'm like... Oh my gosh, I love Chrissy Teigen. I just yeah. love following her on all so social good. media platforms. Like I don't really pay attention to like 
I don't know, she makes cookbooks and she cooks and all that stuff. And she's extremely talented. But I just think she's hilarious. Yeah. Not only is she hilarious, but she's also like way smarter than people give her credit for, for being like a swimsuit model and a Sports Illustrated model and like a sidekick on a TV show. Like they don't give her credit for being like actually super intelligent. Um, So, again, apparently her and John Legend are controversial whatever um but uh we love them one because they're awesome and they're funny and they're smart but also they're ohio state fans so we are contractually obligated to love them even more i would be nervous too matt (laughs) i'm a little nervous i'm a little nervous Uh, it's one of those things where like i think it's probably true for us too much different than true crime obsessed which you know has a a really big listener base but like you forget that like people actually listen to us you know, like when you're talking into the microphones or in my case, editing for Trigram, it's like you forget like, yeah, like this goes out into the world and people have the ability to listen. And sometimes those people are really, really famous. <laughs> um, and it's just kind of weird. It's just very strange. Yeah. But I feel like, I mean, crime podcasts, that's a huge market. And you just kind of like one up yeah. everyone with her recommendation. Yeah, like she has 33, 34 million followers on Instagram. Yeah. So like, like, I mean, we all, we do pretty well. Like I said, we're, we're pretty well known, pretty famous, pretty popular. But like, I'm hoping that that continues to shoot us up even higher because that's job stability. And you should, you should just throw our podcast into one of your true crime <laughs> podcasts and then maybe she'll listen to yeah. stick to sports. <laughs> Nobody would notice. <laughs> Nobody would notice. Nobody would notice at all. It would be just completely yeah. normal for that to happen. Uh, <laughs> since neither of us are a flamboyant gay man or a angry woman from no. Queens, um, and no one would <laughs> no one would know the difference. Anyway, um, speaking of John Legend, um, he has a Christmas album or two out there, and so this is my not so great uh, transition to talking about holiday traditions and Christmas stuff because, Tia, we are now officially in December, which means it is okay for people to start putting up Christmas trees and lights and decorations uh, and all that stuff. So being that we are both from central Ohio um, but no longer live there, I am in the south, and it's weird because the holidays aren't the same here. Like, it's not a feeling you get for an entire month or two, two months because it's still, you know, warm and hot out. So it's like you, yeah, it's the holidays and there's lights and stuff, but it's not the same. So I wonder what are your favorite holiday traditions, either something you did as a kid or something you picked up as an adult or things that you and Cam and the dogs do. What are your favorite holiday traditions? Okay. So first of all, something you should know about me is like Christmas and dogs are like my identity. Like Christmas, <laughs> I'm fanat like I'm the crazy Christmas lady. Okay. Like okay, so I've had my tree okay. up since November 1st, for example. So bold step, bold step. <laughs> I have a lot of holiday traditions and this kind of this topic makes me sad because we're not doing any of them this year. Um well, except we cut down our own Christmas tree. That's one of my favorites. We cut our Christmas tree down. Oh, wait, that's a real that's a real thing and not just something that happens in Hallmark movies? Yeah, we've been doing it since I was little. Okay, the tree in my apartment okay. is fake, obviously, but I am currently in Columbus at my mom's, so we cut down our tree every year. We did that. I did not run into a hunky hometown man who tried to sell me on holiday <laughs> wearing, spirit. Wearing flannel. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then... And somehow his dad is magically actually Santa. <laughs> yeah. 
unfortunately. Um, the other thing, I guess, well, Cam and I don't really spend Christmas together because he always has to be in Philly right. for a game and I'm always in Columbus. But the one thing we always do is go to New York for Christmas and we are not doing that either, mm. which makes me sad. It's my favorite place in the world. Same. I mean, and I'm see I'm like watching people I know who are in New York and they're posting all the Christmas decorations and it's just that's probably the number one thing I'm going to miss this year. Like going to like Rockefeller yeah. Center and those kind of yes. things. I love it. What about you? Um you know, like we've got a lot of hol- like one of the things, a couple of things that come to mind are my aunt, my dad's oldest sister, all when we were growing up, like I think I might have actually been Thanksgiving, she would give us uh, a Christmas ornament ornament every year. Like that was just like her thing. Like, you know, we would have Christmas ornaments. So like those are now up on our various personal trees. Some of them are still at my parents, on my parents tree. Um, so like, that's just a, a cool memory. Yeah. Um, uh, but then also like growing up, my parents would host a Christmas Eve party. I think it was almost always on Christmas Eve, maybe depending on the year, maybe like on a Saturday before or whatever. But we'd have people over, family, friends. Um, it was just kind of like what we did. And, and I don't think we did it like every year, but like fairly regularly, especially when I was in like high school and stuff like that was just a cool memory. There's still great pictures like, you know, from back in the day that, that we'll see at some points around the holidays. And that's just a special kind of memory when everybody was together, you know, like I said, from Columbus, my whole family now lives in Florida. My immediate family, like my parents, my brother and sister and their kids, we're all in Florida and we've gotten down here over the years. But like, you know, 20 years ago or whatever, we all still lived in Columbus. A lot of like the extended family would be in town um, because, uh, you know, they were coming in for the holidays. We don't really do that as much anymore. So yeah. we're not as scattered. So it's just those kind of nice memories. Um to be able to look back on. So like, those are the things like nothing like every year we do the same thing. Although like, I've got to tell you, you're the Christmas lady. Like I'm the presents guy. Like I have problems with like, like getting people gift gifts. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like giving things like I, like my mom literally had to have a talk <laughs> with me and she does it every year and I just ignore her, but I do whatever the hell I want. Cause I'm a man. I'm 40. Not really. I'm not 40, but I'm close. Um, I just quoted Mike Gundy on our podcast. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I have, like I enjoy giving gifts. And so what if I spend more money than I probably should? Who cares? It's my money. I'll do whatever the hell I want. Don't yell at me. That, make, that reminds me you of know? like when you're in a job interview and they ask for your biggest weakness and you're like, I'm just a really <laughs> good worker. Like I work too hard. Like I, I just give yeah. too many gifts. <laughs> Yeah. Well, like that's not that's a good yeah, problem yeah. to have. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't saying like that's a, like I'm an evil person because I like to give gifts. I'm just saying like it's my favorite part of Christmas is giving gifts. Um and that's my favorite thing about like that's my favorite tradition. But real quick, I wanted to end this segment on this. And I thought about maybe we should do this as a bracket, but I I thought that that might be a little too difficult to to do. But do you, is there a Christmas song or a Christmas album or a handful of them that really means Christmas to you? So Nat King Cole, The Christmas Song, and Bing Crosby, mm-hmm. White Christmas, because that's like what my grandma plays on Christmas Eve, those two albums. But those two specific songs are like Christmas to me. 
Those are good. Those are good. Yeah, we had just like a we had a rotation of albums growing up. Because um, like I said, down here in Florida, no one plays Christmas music nonstop like they do in yeah, it's you know, all the about north winter. for like two months at a time. Yeah. So like we would have um, like the traditional like Andy Williams Christmas album, which is like a staple. Oh, yeah. Then we would have like the Harry Connick Jr. and the Boys to Men and Whitney Houston albums would be in rotation as well. <laughs> but the main tried and true ones for my family were... The Chipmunks Christmas album. We have that. Yeah, John Denver and the Muppets Christmas <laughs> album. Um, it's so good. Like, I love that one. Um, and the Carpenters Christmas album. Oh, and Barbara Streisand. Oh, yeah. Uh, too, as well. So um, so Barbara's is great. Um, but if you don't know John Denver and the Muppets or the Carpenters, like, those are, like, great, weird. Not I mean, the Carpenters aren't as weird, but, like, John Denver and the Muppets is pretty dang weird. Uh, but they're just great albums. That's what means holiday music to me okay i'll have to listen to those i feel like i would have probably heard them before yeah especially john denver and the muppets like it's just so (laughs) it, it is john denver and the muppets it is weird All right, so let's get out of that. We aren't going to do a bracket on albums, but we are doing our bracket. We are three quarters of the way through our 2020 Chip Championship bracket, Tia. We have the results of our flavored chip region, and have you looked at them? Yes. (laughs) I thought it was very appropriate that in our flavored chip region, we had exactly 420 votes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) 420 votes. um, And the number one seed Doritos... Beat the number two cheddar and sour cream ruffles by a score of 67.4% to 32.6%. So, number one Doritos is moving on and joining number three Tostitos Cantina, traditional, from the tortilla region. And number one ruffles from the potato region. We have just one region left in our bracket before we get to the final four. And that is... The weirdest bracket of them all, the chip adjacent region. So, Tia, this is basically like snack foods that are like in the same family as chips. You know, salty. We didn't do any like sweet things in there, but things that aren't actually chips. Um, I think some of them you might we could probably argue whether they're chippy or not. But I think that for the most part, these are all things that are are related to chips, but aren't actually chips. So do you want to run through the bracket as you set it up? Yes. Okay. This is my favorite region yet, so it's going to be hard. Okay. (laughs) Number one, bold Chex Mix. Bold is important here. Against number eight, rolled gold pretzels. Then we have number four, Cheetos versus number five, Ritz Bits Cheese. Number three, Cheez-Its versus number six, Bugles. And number two, Pizza Combos versus number seven, Orville Redenbacher Movie Theater Butter Popcorn. I'm so angry at you right now. (laughs) Why? Because you put my two favorites against each other in the first round. And I am not pleased. In fact, you put like... the combos and popcorn. Oh, so angry. So anyway. (laughs) All right. Let's go through these. So explain to me what the bold Chex Mix is. I'm not a Chex Mix guy, but this is something that you are very passionate about. So explain to me what is actually in the bold Chex Mix. Okay, so bold Chex Mix is just like the regular Chex Mix, 
but with extra seasoning. <laughs> it's all the same ingredients, oh. but like, I don't know if it's a different seasoning or more seasoning, but anyone listening who has had both knows, knows exactly what I mean. There's like, because regular Chex Mix is not good. It's like bland. But bold Chex yeah. Mix no, is yeah, no, what, like, it. like it's so good that I put it as the number one seed, if that tells you anything. And then pretzels are number eight because like it's pretzels, you know? Well, for, I mean, I think like it's important, like you're putting rolled gold pretzels in there, but like you didn't specify what shape or size does it matter to you? Um, I'm like, is it the little, is it the little like the thin, crisscrossy pretzels? Is it the sticks? Yeah, like the traditional shape. But rolled gold is the best because they're like thin, thin and you can like eat a lot of them. Yeah, but rolled gold has other opinion. styles as well. Yeah, they've got like the thicker stuff. So you're just saying the traditional thin oh, sorry. pretzel shaped So pretzels. apparently they are called tiny twists. I did not see that. Oh, so okay. Okay, tiny twists. I'll put that in the final bracket, but it's the tiny twists. I don't like the sticks because pretzels should be in their original form as Germany intended. <laughs> <laughs> as the as 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 the Führer uh, and the Chancellor intended. Yeah. Yes. Um, oh Lord. Okay, I was gonna make another joke, but I just threw the Führer into this, so I'm gonna move on. Uh, okay, so. Uh, you are voting for bold Chex Mix. Uh, I take it. I, again, never had it. I don't like Chex Mix, but I'm fu- pretzels are pretzels. They're fine. Like I like pretzels that, but I have no passion about them. So moving bold Chex Mix, uh, along in the bracket, I assume. Yes. Okay. Next up, we have Cheetos versus Ritz Bits Cheese. So Ritz Bits Cheese, these are like the little tiny Ritz crackers with the fake, not actually cheese in the middle, creating a sandwich. Yes, Is that the what these are? Incredibly fake, like almost powdery cheese in the middle. <laughs> so good. Yeah. And Cheetos, like a lot of these, have different styles and all that stuff. But this is like the original Cheetos, the ones that are like thinner and little little crunchier these aren't the cheesy puffs or anything like right. that these are like the legit og cheetos i personally um don't like that fake cheese stuff on the ritz Fair. bits i am i am a cheetos i guess fan like i like cheetos um i'll get them occasionally the the bad part about them is is the stuff on your right. fingers like that's a problem so um I would vote for Cheetos, but I I don't feel super passionate about this one. I think we move Cheetos forward because I don't either. And I think you like Cheetos more than Ritz Bits. So we'll put we'll put Cheetos forward. Okay, because they're going to probably lose in the next round because of how passionate (laughs) you are anyway. So that's fine. Moving on to number three, Cheez-Its versus number six, Bugles. Like this whole side of the bracket are like my four favorite. So like I'm going to be sad no matter what. we mentioned early in, like, I think the first episode we ever talked about chips that led to this whole bracket is that you are a huge Cheez-Its fan, yep. um, as am I. Bugles is actually, you know, we talked about Christmas traditions. Bugles is actually a New Year's Eve tradition for my family. It actually, my mom's family growing up, she was one of eight kids. One of their traditions was like Orange Crush and Bugles on Oh my gosh. New Year's Eve. Like, that's what they did. So that's what we do. Um, I very rarely have bugles other than that. But when I have them, they're great. Here's my problem with cheeses. You can get bags that aren't good. 
like where they just don't taste right. If you get like there's a difference between the quality you get in like the box of Cheez-Its and the quality you get in like a bag at a gas station. And there's a difference between like um, the little individual bags like you can put in lunch boxes and then like the bags you get otherwhere. Like that's my issue with Cheez-Its when they're good. They are really, really good. Mm-hmm. But they're not always good, in my opinion. And that's where my issue comes. Bugles, again, I don't have them a lot, but every time I have them, they're good. They are so unbelievably greasy <laughs> and salty that they're that makes up for whatever inconsistencies there might be. But for me, I think even though like the highs of Cheez-Its are better than the highs of Bugles, its inconsistency brings it down to where I might, I might put bugles ahead of it just because I know what I'm getting every time I open a bag. So you're right with the Cheez-Its. I have found that like sometimes when I'm eating them, they taste burnt. I don't know if that's the word for it, but like that's the flavor I get sometimes rather than like cheesy. And I can't even believe I'm like going against Cheez-Its here, but bugles you can also wear on your fingers (laughs) And eat them off. Like, you know how you That's can put them on like claws? That's a very, very good point. <laughs> and you have like, an, like a positive association with Bugles because of your mom. I do. So, I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the Bugles is, the Bugles is claws is, uh, is a big deal. They're, <laughs> they're multi-purpose snacks. Okay, let's, let's do the upset here because we rarely do. And oh, I feel wow. like it's the situation yeah. warrants it. Okay. All right. So we will move Bugles into the regional semifinals. They will go up against either number two pizza combos or number seven Orville Redenbacher movie theater butter popcorn. So number two pizza combos um, was my like not was my biggest pick. I love pizza combos. And this is important. There is regular pizza cheese pizza combos that are in like the green labeled bag. And there are pepperoni pizza combos, which is like the red labeled bag. And I got to tell you, I am a pepperoni pizza guy. Like, that's what I eat. Like, occasionally I'll throw some other meat or meatballs or beef or whatever on there. But 999,000 times out of 100,000, I'm eating pepperoni pizza. I love pepperoni pizza. Pepperoni pizza combos are not as good as just the cheese pizza combos. They are much better when it's just the green labeled pizza combos bag. And what I like about combos is it's in the same size bag as a bag of chips. It's the same price. Um, I don't know about the caloric intake because whatever. <laughs> um, but they're much more like a meal. They're good. You can play with them. Like you can crack open the, the pretzel shell. You get a pretzel, <laughs> but you also get the other flavor. You can crack that open or you can eat it all at once. It's a, it's fun thing to kind of play with. It tastes good and it's filling. Unlike most snacks that aren't filling. This is true. Um, so I love the pizza. I love a pizza combo, but Orville Redenbacher movie theater popcorn is, is really good too. Really, really good. The problem with that is though, if you're a moron like I am, you can screw it up and burn it. And that's ne- that's the worst is when you like burn yeah. popcorn. Then you've got the smell throughout the Ugh. house. And then if you have to bite a piece of burnt popcorn, it's really, really bad. Well, I'm going to let you choose because these are both of your favorites. But if I had oh, to pick, man. I'm going with pizza combos because you just sold them so well. Okay. And I want them like. Have so you ever had them? I've had them, but like I've had the just the cheese ones the most. 
Yeah, yeah. But I like forgot yeah. about them until you brought them up when we were talking about this, and now I want them badly. <laughs> Tr- try the green labeled pizza combos. They're they're. I mean, they're not like blow your mind, world changing, but they're just like they're a utility yeah. player. They can do a little <laughs> bit of everything, and and they're great. So we'll move pizza combos on. Let's real quickly go through the semifinals. We have number one bold checks mix versus number four Cheetos. Again. I would vote Cheetos, but I don't feel any uh, particular passion about it. I like the Cheetos. I don't love the Cheetos, but I know you love bold Chex Mix. I gotta have bold Chex Mix go through. But if you have... Okay, you're cool with it. Yeah, yeah. Number one bold Chex Mix in the finals. That brings us to upset-minded Bugles (laughs) versus number two pizza combos. Now, here's the thing. I feel like if we put pizza combos through, which would be the chalk thing to do, people are going to be like, what the hell are like? That is so two very weird, specific things. <laughs> Bugles, I feel like even though uh, I like the pizza combos more, I feel like the Bugles are something going to be like people are like, oh, yeah, like I forgot about those. Those yeah. were really good. So my inclination is I feel like Bugles are kind of like the Cinderella uh, of this mm-hmm. bracket. So mm-hmm. I am leaning towards Bugles advancing to the regional final. That's a good argument. Cause I think, yeah, bold checks mix. It, it definitely lowers our audience because if you haven't had bold checks mix or pizza combos then you can't vote, but I feel like everybody has had Bugles. I agree with you. So what do you think? Let's move Bugles on. All right. We have our lowest seated regional finalist, in number six, Bugles taking on number one, Bold Chex Mix in the chip adjacent regional final. That means, Tia, next week when we reconvene to record our um, Michigan Week podcast, we will have our final four. We will make arguments for our final four and we will talk about who we think should win. But we are no longer involved yeah. in the outcome of these brackets. After, As of now, we are letting... The, the voters and the Twitter people decide. We will talk about what we think should happen, but it is just recommendations. We are at the point where the judges on American Idol no longer <laughs> have a voice into who moves on. They completely turn it over to the fans. Um, so this is exciting. This is a big moment for us here on Stick to Sports. I'm glad because I don't know how I would pick. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be hard. It'll be hard. So we will post this. We're going to be posting this, ep- this podcast episode a day early because of stuff going on in the world which we don't you know i just we just said that it sounds like ohio state's going to play michigan state but we kind of rejuggled our podcast schedule for this week because we weren't sure so this will go up on wednesday so we actually get an extra day of voting for the chip adjacent bracket which i feel like is very appropriate i feel like it's necessary all right so let's move into our recommendations tia um first off before we do i want to check in with you because you made a promise based off one of my previous recommendations. That is the fact that you were going to watch The Masked Singer to get caught up so we could have a big episode with Connor and Alexis um, around the time that the season finale airs. The season finale is December 16th. So that would not be next episode. It would be our episode after that. How are you doing in getting caught up on The Masked Singer? So I was doing... I. I think I watched the first two, if not the first two, definitely the first. I don't want to like, I'm not going to say who won, who I know won, because I don't know who all was watching it still. Like on those. Um, 
Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, but that's fine. I am yeah. home and I don't have my Hulu password on my laptop because it's on our TV at my apartment. So I'm going to sit down this weekend when I get back in Philly and knock them all out because you're right. Like, it's addicting. <laughs> It's so dumb. It's so it is dumb. It's the dumbest thing it's in the world. So, but I so love dumb. It. Like the the animated the animated part, like for their introduction. Yeah, the clue packages kills me. Yeah, <laughs> it's so stupid. Like, and I was telling you, like I as I said before, like I used to be a TV and film critic, so like I would never have watched something like this, or at least not even like not like purposely. Like I might have watched it like to review it. Although I have done many many. American Idol and the voice recaps back in back in my day doing TV coverage. Um, but I would never like this would have been like I'd have been like, oh, this is so stupid. It's beneath me. But I don't know what it is. The last four years, I, I do know what it is, actually. But the last four years, this is like the type of thing that I crave. So I love this show. I so mean, much. when I was like seeing the previews when it first came out, I was like, who would watch that? But sure enough, <laughs> me, this guy, <laughs> this guy, this guy, it's good. Uh, all right, so all right, so what is your recommendation this week, Tia? Okay, so I was going to. It's a TikTok. It's a TikToker, and I was going to send you her. Okay. Like when we send TikToks back and forth, but I, like I was like, I'm saving this for my recommendation because she has okay. enough TikToks now that like you can go on her TikTok account and watch like so many of them. Her name is Kendall Landreth. And her thing is okay. she impersonates her, like, Midwestern mom FaceTiming her. And oh god, it's so funny. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. But if you are, I imagine, like, most of our listeners are from the Midwest. And they, you're just going to get it. And it's so spot on as, like, how a mom FaceTimes. Okay. So I will like send you her. She spells her name weird. So I'll send you like the type or the spelling or whatever, and you can watch it. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah. We'll put it in the notes. Yeah. My recommendation is a movie musical that was released on Netflix on November 13th. I finally got around to watching it um, over the holidays, and it is Jingle Jangle, A Christmas <gasps> Journey. Uh, have you heard about this? Yeah, I saw it. It's good. I wasn't. I was like hesitant. Oh, it's so good. Okay. Oh no, it's amazing. It looks right up my alley. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's got a, an amazing cast: Forrest Whitaker, Keegan Michael Key, Felicia Rashad, Hugh Bonneville, Anika Noni Rose, Ricky Martin, um, and uh, introducing this new young woman named uh, Madeline Mills. Um, it's so good. It's like this very kind of stylized, like almost kind of like steampunky, like part Victorian, part modern. Um, story, but it's a it's a movie musical about a family and a toy maker and um, all the stuff you want to see during the holidays. It's very sweet. Um, also, just because you asked me to do this at least once every episode um, <laughs> last week, I interviewed the woman who provides the singing voice for uh, one of the characters. Uh, she's amazing. Uh, Marisha Wallace provides the singing voice for the character Miss uh, Miss Johnston. But um, I'm only doing that because you asked me. You to. interviewed her last um, week, and. I, I interviewed her last week. Yeah, it actually came out on, what is that, Tuesday the 24th. So I talked about this. She actually got like, okay, so here's her story real quick in a nutshell. She was in Waitress the Musical in London 
right at the beginning of like right before the shutdown, she was doing it with um, she actually opened the show there. She came back to do it with Sarah Bareilles because Sarah Bareilles wrote the musical and she was doing it in London. Everybody in the cast pretty much got coronavirus, including Sarah Bareilles. So she got it as well. Um, she fortunately after like three weeks, um, recovered, she, but like everybody in the theater community, like it's shut down. So she did this like song where she just sang the song tomorrow from Annie and it like, it kind of went viral and she's American, but she lives in London and like it went viral. It became a, um, like it was number two on the iTunes charts and like it was this huge thing and she got a four album record deal out of it. Um, and like, so this just kind of like, she's releasing her album. What Friday, this Friday, the fourth, but she got a record deal out of it. And like, she's, you know, doing all this stuff and she's on this, this, this soundtrack for Jingle Jangle. So that's great. I'll put a link into it. Marisha Wallace. She's amazing. Um, but yeah, so it's great. John legend, um, is actually a producer and he wrote some of the music for it as well. So, um, yeah, so it's really, really good. Great holiday thing. I think it's something that's going to become a, a holiday tradition for uh, a lot of folks for years to come now that it's all out on Netflix. I'm about to, like, get off here and watch it now. <laughs> it's good. It's really good. It's very sweet. Very sweet. All right, that is all that we have for today. Thank you for listening to this episode of Land Grant Holy Land's Stick to Sports Podcast. If you are finding this episode on our website, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your daily dose of podcasting goodness. You can only get this very particular brand of weirdness in the Land Grant Holy Land feed. Where else can you get a show that talks about systemic racism, (laughs) chips, and uh, Christmas traditions in the same episode. But um, also, don't forget to follow Land Grant Holy Land on Twitter at LandGrant33. You can find me on Twitter at BWWMatt. Tia, where can people find you and your dogs? At Tia Johnston underscore on both Twitter and Instagram. And then my dog's Instagram is at Buddy and Bella underscore. It's good stuff over there. <laughs> good content. Actually, I don't know that I follow the dogs. Do I not follow the dogs? I need to follow the dogs. I'm allergic to dogs. Don't don't. Not me. virtually. <laughs> I know that's true. I'll follow them if I'm not already. I can't remember. Anyway, anyway, while we fight about whether I'm following her dogs on Instagram, <laughs> don't forget to head over to iTunes and give us a rating and review, please. Um, uh, yeah, give us five stars or don't give us at all. Yeah, you know, because what's the options. point? Anyway, thank. Thanks to all three and a half of you that are still listening. We appreciate it. We will talk to you soon. And as always, go Bucks. Friday, this Friday, the 4th. I couldn't tell uh, how you'd like to rate this song. Thank you, <laughs> Alexa. Try again. For example, say, I like this song. Okay, that's or, enough. Okay, stop. Alexa, song. stop. Alexa, stop. My <laughs> lord.